key for me was not to listen to what everybody else was telling me to do. I, I, we all have our own internal compass, and I had to shut all the noise out and follow whatever in me was calling me to go into the places I was going to invest in and do the things that I felt I needed to do. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Eudania Burrell. Eudania is a real estate investor and wholesaler who got her start in real estate when personal tragedy struck right at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. That caused her to start taking her real estate investing business seriously and investing in the business, taking action, putting one foot in front of the other, led her to getting her first deal in just a few months to now having scaled her real estate wholesaling business and passive wealth engine to spread the love, start bringing in her family into her business, rising the tide, growing her real estate business, and turning that money, turning that income from the wholesaling business into additional passive income by investing with other investors. Eudania shares a ton of actionable knowledge today, especially for newer real estate investors out there. If you're not sure what step to take to get your real estate investing business off the ground, she shares so much wisdom in this interview. You're going to learn a ton. I learned a lot. She has some things that I'm going to be writing on my wall just so I can keep looking at them on a day-to-day basis. So many great little nuggets of knowledge. You're going to learn a lot. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor, and I focus on multifamily and self-storage investments. To date, I've acquired, partnered in, invested in, or otherwise had a hand in over $250 million of commercial real estate deals. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form and schedule a call, and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy the show, please take a moment, leave us a rating and review, five stars if you don't mind. I really do appreciate that. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I get to see your ratings and reviews. I get to see that you're engaging with the content. You're escaping Wall Street along with us. And that just gives me such a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see it's having an impact on you guys. And I just really appreciate it so much. Once again, our guest today is Eudania Burrell. Let's go. Eudania, thank you so much for joining us today. You have a very inspiring story. I'm excited to learn from your experience and share that with our listeners today. Let's get started. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, where you came from, what got you into real estate investing? Certainly. But first, let me thank you for having me on the show today, Taylor. I appreciate it. And so a little bit about me. Originally, I'm from New York and I moved to Charlotte about 13 years ago. I transferred my job actually from by way of Florida. I actually work for the Department of Homeland and I am a federal employee and have been with them for 20 years. And at the beginning of 2020, March 2020, when the world shut down, my job stopped, literally stopped. And my home flooded all in one week's time. One week's time, I felt like a three- full tsunami had hit me. And in the flood was through no fault of outside sources, but it was human error. But still, it, it all happened all at once. And I got a little depressed. And I knew depression did not fit me and right off the bat. 
And in that time, I learned that people need something to do. They need something to love and they need something to hope for. And real estate gave me all three. I decided then that I was going to get involved with real estate. I always wanted to be involved with real estate and just had never been able to get any traction. Well, in that time, I learned how to do it through connected, working with connected investors because I no longer wanted anybody to dictate my money, how much I made, when I made it, or how I made it. Wow. So that's a common problem that folks want to get into real estate, but they just, they, they don't get traction. I mean, I certainly experienced that early on myself, but yeah. with the benefit of hindsight, why did you ex- experience that and not get traction early on? What, what drove that and what did you change to really help you get traction and move forward? I think the fact that I wasn't working at the time and I needed something to do, I needed something to focus on. And I felt like it, you not only was it a threefold tsunami, it felt like, but it was a perfect storm. And so this was a chance for me to really, you know, get focused, laser beam focused on what it is I wanted. And no matter what, I was not going to stop. I didn't care if work started back. I didn't care if the house was, you know, whatever was going on with the house. And it was so funny because I was actually at a hotel, living at a hotel while my home was being rehabbed. And every day I would come in to my office and I would study and I would study and I would start calling sellers and I would start sending out postcards. I was doing every and anything to make this thing happen. So it was <laughs> really, it was a, it was a, that you had to make it work. It sounds like to me, yeah. whereas previously- yeah. You, you had the option basically to not put the time and put the work in. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. I always had my job to lean on. And while, you know, I was still getting paid, that was my saving grace. But I started thinking, you know, because I work for the federal government and there have been many times there have been shutdowns and we are forced to work without pay. And I thought to myself, what if they decide to stop the, my job altogether? And what do I do then? I got to make this work. This is the time. They're there is no other time. This is it. So that's, you know, when I decided to go all in and not look back, and no matter what, I was going to make this thing happen. I love it. So let's talk about your your strategy and especially how you got started and, and got those first couple of deals, because our, our I believe our strategies evolve over time as we get more experience in real estate and everything. But it's important to understand the the where you really got those first couple of deals and, and what ended up sticking for you. Okay, certainly. So I focused in on micro flipping, wholesaling, because I knew that it wouldn't take as much time as a fix and flip or a buy and hold. I, so I studied specifically on that strategy. And over time, I started implementing phone calls, reaching out to sellers of off-market properties, and I was sending out postcards. And I want to say within two to three months, I was, it started gaining traction. I was getting phone calls back. Now, let me tell you, I got a little creative with what it is I was doing because I didn't have a whole lot of money. And the fact is, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money either. I was willing to put some money up, and I would go to Dollar Tree, and I'd buy these pretty poster boards, and I would cut them up in postcard size. And I would sit and I would write. And I had a lot of people laughing at me. Every week they'd see me going to Dollar Tree buying these poster boards. And before I knew it, it was gaining traction. People were actually calling me back 
from my handwritten postcards. I would sit for hours giving up two-hour movies. You know, I was asking myself those empowering questions. What length are you willing to go to for your success, Dana? What are you willing to do? And before I knew it, by July of 2020, I had my first three-in-one deals under contract. Wow, that's awesome. I love that idea of going and buying poster board and cutting out. That's so creative, great way to save money. You're putting in the time on the other end. And yeah, people might laugh at you when you do that, but they're not laughing on the back end when it works out. No, a lot of them are asking, what is it you're doing again? <laughs> that's right. How can I get involved? I'm like, too late. That ship has passed. No. <laughs> so I would imagine sitting down and handwriting a lot of those cards. First off, when somebody receives a handwritten card, you can tell. You can immediately tell something's handwritten. You're a little more likely to read it. But then on your end, when you're putting in that time and labor, you're probably a little more likely to be deliberate about who you're sending those cards to because you're investing a lot of time in that. So how did you target your list and figure out who you wanted to reach out to? Well, I wanted to make a difference somewhere, somehow, some way. And so I looked at lists in areas outside of Charlotte that maybe were a little bit more disadvantaged. And my thought process has always been, you know, if people live in these areas, if people will buy, sell, and rent in these areas. And doesn't everyone deserve good, affordable housing? And so I wanted to be the investor that helped out in these types of communities. And I continue to do so. It's so funny because I would get phone calls from sellers saying, you know what, Dana, I didn't even think about selling until I got your bright, sunshiny postcard <laughs> in the mail today, you know, and then they begin to ask me questions. But a lot of conversations started out like that. And I wanted to go into communities where I knew I could make an impact. And I continue to go into those communities. Great. So how far outside of Charlotte, like tertiary markets around Charlotte or just other states? How did you... What did you look for? So my first three deals were an hour outside of Charlotte. And I had a lot of investors tell me, don't go into that area. You know, don't buy in there. You know, no one's going to buy in that area. Man, I killed it. I've sold like five properties in that area. And I have buyers now calling me constantly. Dana, do you have anything <laughs> over in this area? So key for me was not to listen to what everybody else was telling me to do. I, I, we all have our own internal compass. And I had to shut all the noise out and follow whatever in me was calling me to go into the places I was going to invest in and do the things that I felt I needed to do. And I needed simplicity. And so hence the postcards, the way that I did them, and hence the areas I chose to go into. Well, I, I love that. I love that you didn't listen when your own way, listen to your gut. That's fantastic. Right. Did you buy a list? I mean, like, can we get a little specific about the type of property that you targeted? We talked about the area, but the type of property, where you found the list, how you scrubbed it, everything like that. How did you narrow that down? So it was really simple for me because I use connected investors, the platform connected investors. And for those who don't know, it's a way for us to find off market properties anywhere in the country. And so it simplified things for me. I knew I had the right resources. I knew that all I had to do was manage my time correctly and become the right me, which was the investor I knew I could be. And so I would create lists, vacant properties. Those were my favorite at the time. 
and I would then upload them, export them onto an Excel sheet. And I would work off of that Excel sheet. I would have, I, I work out of the, my back office, which I like to call my drive. And I would scrub my list that way. And it worked for me. And I would literally go through them manually. And I did this for about 18 months, 18 to 20 months by myself. Wow. And I was able to close on 24 deals within that time until I brought my daughter on. My youngest works for me, works with me now, and she takes care of all of the marketing because I knew I couldn't sustain that forever. Something else had to come into place. So it was her. I love that. And you get to, you know, keep it in the family and, and grow your business That's at right. the same time. And I think investors, we can often be kind of afraid of hiring people or bringing on partners because we feel like we're giving something up. But in reality, we should be raising the tide together and, you know, going further together. So let's talk about that. That first deal, you've touched on it a few times, but, you know, getting that phone call, I'm assuming you put your phone number on there saying, hey, if you want to sell, yes. give me a call. But getting that call, walking through it, making an offer. How did that all go for you? Were you scared? What did that feel like? Walk us through that that deal. It is scary. Absolutely. I was nervous. But, you know, fortunately for me, I made a few phone calls before then. You know, I was getting familiar with what it is, the verbiage of real estate, you know, getting familiar with talking to people about their houses. And so when I got the call, I was a little nervous, however, excited all at the same time. And so making sure I was paying attention to what the seller needed. I didn't want to miss that. While I wanted and needed a deal, I also wanted to be able to provide them with the service that they were happy with. And that's, you know, we have to open ourselves up to building a rapport with whomever we're working with. Because again, you know, people work with who they like, trust. And so for me, as you can tell, I love to talk. I love people, period. And so it wasn't that hard to build that rapport, finding out that this gentleman had a property, well, several properties that he no longer needed. He wanted to get rid of them. They were too far out for him to drive to keep up with the properties. He and his wife wanted to buy a beach home, and this was going to give them a way out. And so, yeah, I was truly happy to help them with this. That's great. So I think when, especially when we're new to real estate, we when we think about what does the seller need, we first go and we can kind of sometimes only think about price. That's the only thing we think about. We don't think about right. anything else. Did you go in knowing that price wasn't the only factor? Did you kind of learn that through oh, the process? Yes. And, and how did you really build that rapport with them and dig into what they really needed? Yeah, I I think I understood that immediately. You know, just dealing, my job has allowed me with the Department of Homeland, working with hundreds, thousands of people. And so you get to know human beings and how they operate. And, you know, it's not just you give me what I want and I'll give you what you know. We have to have a conversation and it has to make sense for everyone. It has to be a win for everyone involved. And that, you know, for me in the back of my mind, that included my end buyer. And so it had to be for me, it became a threefold philosophy. How will this, what I'm doing, benefit the seller? How will this benefit my end buyer? How will this house benefit the community? And 
lastly, how will it benefit us as investors that we get, get to do what we continue love doing, and that's buying and selling houses? I love it. I mean, we're not doing this for free, right? This is this that's a right. for-profit business, <laughs> but create win-win-win scenarios. So let's you know, move on to how you've reinvested in your business, continue to mm -hmm. scale up and just, you know, have, have continued to step up and make sure that you can do more and more deals. You mentioned bringing your, your daughter onto the business. Are there any other ways that you've reinvested to grow your systems and processes and maybe pivot? How has that changed and evolved over time? Well, definitely bringing on my youngest girl to handle the marketing department has raised a bar some. And so we've been able to scale even more. And also, I just brought on my middle daughter, who now handles all of our social media accounts. And so that's helped us to scale some more. Now, in being in this for as long as I have now, and it's not a long time, making this money, where do I put it? What do I do? I'm not ready to buy and hold because I'm still working a full-time job and I'm coaching with connected investors, but I need to do something. Now I'm doing what's called gap lending. And so I am able to invest my money with other investors, reputable investors who do fix and flips. I'm filling in the gap with some money. And while my money is still making me money and I'm not doing the heavy lifting. And I love that. <laughs> I love it too. Having your money work for you while you sleep is is really the goal of, of of what we're trying to do here. So you've mentioned a few times that now you're you're coaching with connected investors, which is great, and spreading yes. that knowledge. And I think one of the best ways for us to learn is by teaching what we know, no matter what it is. Are there any things that either you've learned through just teaching others, and you've realized maybe you didn't know, or Things that you've seen that are just kind, kind of common threads that mistakes that folks are making when they need real estate coaching. So it was underlying themes that you're coming across. Anything like that? I think some of the underlying themes are chasing every shiny object. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, you, you got to be doing this. You got to be doing that. You're, you're watching this YouTube channel, YouTube universe. You're watching all of this. You're scrambling all over the place. And... Before you know it, you have analysis paralysis. I see that with so many of my investor friends. And it, it, you know, I'm there to kind of motivate people. People are always pleasantly surprised when they get a phone call from me because I dedicate one day to call family and friends. And, you know, it could be months and I haven't talked to somebody. But yeah, the, the bottom line is chasing those shiny objects and not trusting our inner compass you know, to go along with what we feel is best for us. Another thing, I think a lot of people get into real estate thinking it's going to be overnight. <laughs> and yeah, they're so, we're revved up and motivated to go. And as soon as we get that first rejection, this doesn't work, you know, and we're giving up before the miracle happens. And so I have a wonderful acronym for time. Things I must earn. Okay, so it takes time. You got to put in the effort. You got to put in the work. And so, you know, I tell all of my students, long before I got my first deal, I felt like a success. Why? Because I was taking all the steps necessary to become successful. And I truly did. I mean, I felt so successful. I knew that the step that I took today was going to impact my life six months from now. And I kept making those steps. 
And every step I take, guess what? That step is going to move me six months from now. I'm going to be happy that I made that step. Ooh, I got goosebumps. I'm sorry. No, I love that. I'm going to have to write that time acronym on my wall. That's fantastic. I love that mentality. So we're as real estate investors, you're, you're pushing forward, you're making steps in the right direction, but the reality of, of building a business is that we're heading in a direction, but sometimes we make missteps, we make mistakes that we learn from along the way. Are there any such mistakes in in your experience with the benefit of hindsight you see that, hey, maybe I stepped off the path with that particular action? Anything you've learned with the benefit of hindsight that was a, a mistake in the end? You know, the the only thing I can think of, Taylor, is not starting sooner. Yeah, not starting sooner. I think so often we have this belief that we have to have everything perfect down pat, that it all has to come natural instead of allowing ourselves to fail forward. I I see that with so many other investors. I got to get this right and everything on my desk has to be perfect. And I got to learn the script perfectly before I can get started. And we're just spinning our wheels and spinning our wheels. And, you know, I did that for some time. And so I wish I had, no, I don't want to wish because I know everything has happened for a reason. Even when I got off course, it was to teach me to get back on course. Every time I felt stagnant, it was to teach me that I could push forward anyway. Anytime I felt like I couldn't take another step, it was to teach me that I had the fortitude to push forward. And so it, none of it was without a learning experience. It was all of value for me. And if we could get, if everyone who ventures out into getting into real estate learns that it is all of value, and even those tough times, the procrastination, when you don't want to take another step, it is all of value as long as you continue to move forward and take that next step. Because actual, in actuality, that next step is going to reveal itself to you. I love that so much. So much great knowledge today. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Okay. Are you looking for a way to easily track your rental property finances? Check out Stessa. Stessa makes managing real estate investments simple. You can easily keep track of the performance, finances, and the paper trail of your rental properties. Our listeners can get started for free and then upgrade at any time to unlock their more advanced tools. And the even better news is that the upgrade is very affordable and will not break your bank. Smart investors know that tracking the numbers, tracking the money, tracking the finances is what really drives your success. Check out Stessa. It'll make your property finances easier. Just go to escapingwallstreet.com, scroll down to the Stessa logo, and get started for free. Now back to the show. All right, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes. I guess <laughs> great. I'm going to have to be, right? I'm sure you are. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? The best investment I ever made was getting connected investors. Connected investors really just And another one, I'm sorry. I do have another one. Great. Investing in people. Investing and in networking my time and energy putting it into other people. I love that. I mean, Two, two, two great investments. I love it. 
Yes. So we have the <laughs> best investments too. I'll, I'll take it. No problem. Now we go to the okay. other side of that coin, the worst investment. We all make mistakes. What is the worst investment you ever made? Following other pe people's advice when it comes to invest. So, some people's advices because it costs me. Cost me money, time, energy, and effort. And instead of trusting what I know to be true. Well, my favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Is to know your worth, to value everything that you learn, and to value the relationships you get to build along the way. Those are some of the greatest things I have learned because they continue to bring about a reward, a return on my investment, my time, my energy. I love that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing all this knowledge with our listeners. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about what you're up to or anything like that, where can they track you down? They can go to Facebook, Renew Me Properties. They can find me at renewmeproperties.com. That's my website. They can find me on Connected Investors, Udania Burrell. They can find me Facebook, Udania Burrell. Awesome. A lot of great places there. Thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind, you guys. I appreciate that so, so much. I really do mean that. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye -bye.